It's lunchtime in Central Texas. What are we having? Uh, it's just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? PB&J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, no, Mr. Johnson. Huh. Time for the press box. Here's your host, Ward Weitz. And it is lunchtime in Central Texas. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the press box here on ESPN Central Texas as we get our day started here on ESPN Central Texas. Cam Stewart, Stephanie, and Aaron along with me here on this wacky Wednesday. <laughs> yes, I, it's I already can Wednesday. feel it. You can feel it outside, <laughs> I right? I can feel this wackiness <laughs> of Wednesday. Can't Lord. believe it because we didn't have Monday. Yeah. So we should have all our weeks like this, though. You know, Tuesday, Wednesday, nice. Thursday, Friday. I think we should adopt the new school rule yes. of a four day week that it, the schools I'm are. I'm wearing doing. my China Spring hat in support yeah. of that. Yeah. We have a four day week. <laughs> That's a good idea. Maybe we switch it, it up, though. We just keep the listeners on their toes. It, and it's not well, the same day every week. Yeah. We just take Friday. one day off a week. Yeah. yeah well, we're not going to tell you which one. Yeah. But high school football, we got to be here on Friday, so uh, that's, that's when we'll true. take Monday so, off. So yeah, I would, I would definitely keep that in mind. Yeah, that would be fun. Fall. Yeah. We'll talk to the boss, Ward. Uh, I'll see what I can do. Would you rather, <laughs> just in general, no high school football involved for a long weekend? Let's say, would you rather have Friday off or Monday off? Monday. Monday. What about you? You know, I, I would probably go Monday too. And this is uh, Thursday is a great night of the week. I kind of take it for like a. I almost don't even calculate that I have to wake up early on a Friday. You know what I mean? Because then you just get through Friday and you're good. You're into the weekend. Mm-hmm. But having that Sunday night oh, and I not know. and not being like, oh, I got to go to work tomorrow. That's I feel like that's a better feeling. I I, I agree. I think that's a better feeling. Like Thursday, I just not setting the alarm almost, on Monday morning. Right. It would be the best thing ever. Yeah. So I would I I like it's more beneficial to me to have that Sunday night almost off especially you know, on like Thursday night especially like on Sunday night football when the games yes. run and you're like oh it's after 10 and I gotta get up at Mondays five. are just miserable that's they true. are miserable Mondays that's the new <laughs> thing right <laughs> we just bring you pure misery on your airways from 12 to 2 every Monday every Monday <laughs> I can do that I'm pretty miserable oh gosh I can yeah. do that <laughs> I won't have to break character oh my goodness well, the Bears get it done last night, 98-76 to 76 over Cornell. And what a way to open the Foster Pavilion. And we were there all day yesterday uh, at the Robinson Tower. Thanks to those folks for letting us broadcast all day long yesterday, getting you ready for the Bears' christening of the Foster Pavilion. And, Cam, you were on site for the game last night. First and foremost, we'll talk about the game in a little bit. But your first impression when you walked in the Foster Pavilion? Gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Now, I will say it took me a while to to get to the media section and actually see the court because I was walking in with Matt Mosley, and that's like walking in with the mayor, and <laughs> we got stopped 15, 20 times on the way there. he has sort of a slow stroll. Yeah, he's never, well, yes. He's he wants to make sure everybody sees him. Oh, yeah. He's exactly. never in a hurry to get anywhere. Exactly. No. So, <laughs> no. Uh, but so great. I mean, everything that was advertised and then some. Look, there are some things they need to work out. Obviously, we talked about this a lot yesterday with the parking. And, and you could tell some of the parts aren't aren't all the way done in there. And I say I, I never feel older 
than when I'm at a Baylor basketball game because it's so darn loud in there, like the mm-hmm. PA. But other than that, it, it's it's just fantastic. It's it does feel like you're right on top of the action. Um, it, it's just state of the art. And it was sold out too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And nope, not a bad seat in the house. I did some walking around. It, it's true. There's there's really no bad seat in there. Um, I know you could probably say that way about the Feral too, but even at the the tippity top up in the rafters, it didn't even feel like you were that far away. Um, it was. It's just. It's a gem. I, I was almost speechless. I. I almost got a little emotional, Ward. I'm not did gonna lie. Did you get tears? I, I almost did. Aww. That's the Homer in me, but I'm sitting there and I just well, thought. Well, for alumni, I'm sure that's a that's a big deal. It is, and I was just, you know, I, Baylor doesn't have the best fan culture or basketball culture. <laughs> I'm, I can't lie about that, but I was like, man, you know what? Hopefully, this kickstarts it because I do feel like we deserve something like this. Yes, and it it. it yeah, I, I got a little emotional, Steph. I, I did. I'm I was glad. like, I mean, this is my sweet. team. This is my school. My alma mater gets this, gets this. And I, I think if you had asked a Baylor fan, like an Aaron Sexton, say, 20 years ago, you know, 2002, 2003, I guess it's 2004, it was now 20 years ago, um, <laughs> that, hey, you guys are going to have McLean Stadium and the Foster Pavilion in 20 years. You know, we're, Probably, co- we're coming off a time, even know right? Would... We're we're coming off a time where one basketball player is murdering his teammate, and the coach is trying to cover it up, and the football team is four and eight in a good year. And I'm going to tell you, hey, you're going to have these two great, great, basically on campus facilities that are going to be the envy of the rest of the conference. Oh, and by the way, in that new basketball arena, you're going to have national championship banners in there too for the men and the women. I think you would have laughed me off the stage, Aaron. I would have, I would have uh, probably tried to. What? What? I, I you probably would have laughed back then. I would have probably gotten very angry. And <laughs> thought you were. You know, I mess, mean, to be, thought you were messing with me. Seriously, <laughs> at that point, the the it was it was everything was in a bad sort. And as what's as funny as, to look back on now is that and the way they tried to cheer people up. Do you remember after the basketball scandal, they brought in the great Bill Cosby. Oh, gave oh, him an honorary oh, degree and everything. So if you, I had told you that back then, would you have, okay, you're going to revoke Bill Cosby's degree, but you're going to have these two great arenas. I, I think you, I think you would have laughed at me. Now you did have some celebrities at that game last night. How about that? Huh? That's kind of, you had Bill Gates sitting in the audience mm-hmm. and he, the amongst Gaines, Baylor people, he was like the fourth biggest celebrity there. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I mean, and, I mean, uh, the former players in there, it was a big deal. Yeah. And tonight's the girls. Yes. So Which that is a much be better exciting. matchup. Top 25 matchup tonight against TCU. Yeah, both teams coming in undefeated, coming into conference play. That's that's a pretty big deal big to be able to go through your non-conference schedule undefeated. Good for the for the Bader women, and and TCU I think is a little bit of a a I don't want to say darling, but a big surprise yes. coming into this because I don't think anybody expected them to go through non-conference undefeated. That's no. exactly right. I mean, and we're starting to see this kind of every year in the Big 12 for the women's game. There's kind of these new teams in there. Kansas was a big surprise last yep. year. Iowa State two years ago, and they kept it up last year, too. And now it's now it's TCU. And I think if you're Nikki Collins' team, you got to be thinking, let's put them back in their place a little bit. Because this is an undefeated Baylor team. They just knocked off the number 5 team in the nation. They've had two top 5 wins this year that they haven't trailed for a single second in those games. I think that's got to be the mindset tonight. This is going to be a great matchup. 
you know, it was fun with all the pomp and circumstance last night, and you got a, a tough Ivy League team, but still an Ivy League team. Now you've got the big game, Big 12, two undefeateds. Can't ask for a better two nights uh, to open up the Foster Pavilion. What are, you, what are you expecting tonight as far as the crowd goes? I, I think it's going to be a lot similar to last night just because it is the conference opener. Yeah, I, I think, honestly, Ward, I think it might be a better crowd because, for better or for worse, it's a little easier to get women's basketball tickets. And so I think still avail- there's still some available. And so I think you're okay. going to see real fans. There's still, yeah. Not that not that there were fake fans there last night, but you know, I mean, Ooh. a lot more <laughs> a lot more Aaron Sexton's, <laughs> a lot less Bill Gates is there tonight <laughs> is what I'll put it as. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to put and, it. And that's, you know, that's fair because <laughs> there was there were some people there last night that let's face it, didn't really give a hoot about Baylor Correct. basketball. Correct. They, they just wanted, wanted to be there. They wanted to be there for the opening, opening night. They wanted to be this, seen. Well, they there. just wanted to be there for the opening night. Well, and I'm not talking about celebrities. Coin, right. I'm not. I'm talking about. Sure. There's casual fans out there that probably, if that game was played in the Ferrell Center, no way they go. No way right. they go. 100%. And and but, plenty of, and plenty of season ticket holders who are not going to go to another weeknight game all year. Maybe. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They just want to be there for the first. Yeah, absolutely. It I mean, it, me. it makes a difference when you when you unlock the doors for the very first time. There's going to be some looky loos that want to get in there yes. and say, yes. "Hey, I, I want to <laughs> check this good. out." It reminds me of this discussion I had with my dad years ago, and you guys would appreciate this. But I say, you know, Dad, I used to I see these videos of like these old Celtics games from the old Garden in the '80s, and the place is just going like berserk, like it's it's crazy. Were the crowds really just that much better back then? And he goes, yeah, because real fans were able to go. <laughs> so that's They could that's afford it, a ticket right, back right. then. That's, he was like, you just had all the diehards there. So, yeah, it was better. So that's what I think tonight's going to be. You'll still have you'll still have some people who want to pose for the photos and everything, mm-hmm. but you'll have real serious Baylor and basketball fans and having TCU there. Steven Simcox will be there. He's already told me, so that's that's big. Um, so yeah, I think you'll have a great crowd there tonight. Great matchup, and for those who didn't get to go to the pavilion last night, who are going tonight, you are in for an absolute treat. The presentation of the new pavilion. How was that? Awesome. I, I and, and I because we talked. You and I talked about it yesterday about the technology right. and, and how updated it's going to be and the things that they can do that they. Might have not been able to do over at, at at the old arena. Now you have the opportunity at this one because the tech is going to be high tech. I mean, it's 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 Top on point line. because it's the newest version of whatever. I use awesome in the truest sense of the word. Like I was full of awe walking in there, and and especially that big video board. Now it is it is so easy to keep track of the game. I mean, you've got a much better video board. And you that obviously has the replays and the action, but it's also got all the stats on the side. It's so much easier to follow the game. I was looking down at Bill Gates, who was behind the Baylor bench, and he's a meek little guy like me, okay? <laughs> he couldn't see over the players a lot, so he's looking up at the scoreboard and is able to follow the game. And so all of that, you know, and I talk about not having a bad seat in the house, that goes into it. They actually had, before tip-off, they announced... And now, to give the game ball to the referees, welcome Bruiser, the Baylor mascot. <laughs> I'm like, well, what is this? What is this? And I'm looking, and I don't see him. 
And then I look up, and the mascot is repelling That's from awesome. the ceiling That's awesome. to bring the game ball down. I'm like, okay. That is awesome. They have really played this up. And they had light shows in there, inside and outside. Um, it was, they really played it up really nice. And, you know, you could tell that while you were in there, not all parts of it are finished yet. Mm-hmm. Mosley and I ran up at, or went up in an elevator that was held together by duct tape and cardboard. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, but but <laughs> you could tell presentation-wise, or I should say outside of that, you know, on the court and, and the fan festivities and that, they were ready for this Did night. you feel like you were at a professional game? Absolutely. Yeah, actually, yeah. That's, a, that's a really good way to put it. I, and I could never, I could never feel that at the Farrell Center. That's you know, cool, I, I could, and that that's actually a really good way to put it. Um, it made me feel like I was in a professional arena without being a mile away. Nice. Cool. All right. That's Baylor cool. gets the win. Baylor women tonight uh, inside the Foster Pavilion taking on undefeated TCU and opening Big 12 play. All right. Uh, one other thing that I saw that was really interesting, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Grambling last night. They take on <laughs> biblical studies, and they win one fifty nine to eighteen. I think that was a high school <laughs> one fifty nine. Well, it's to a bunch 18. of BS. <laughs> Get it? What yeah. what Get good it? does that do anybody? Nothing. Either team. Nothing. It it just does not. It does not. And quite honestly, I don't want to feel like I'm dumping on the women's game here, but it hurts the women's game. You know, we heard about that all the time when Kim Mulkey's teams would run up. 130 and beat a team by 90 points and how bad that is for the sport. That's exactly what this is. I mean, we're talking not a, you know, a power five team, but this is a division one basketball team. Well, think about the players who are losing. I mean, just the beat down and the lack. I mean, do you even want to get out of bed and go to practice? That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, you know who I actually feel for and deflated. I actually feel for the grambling coach a little bit because like, what do you do? You put your whole second team in, but it's like in football, if you're just going to run up the ball, run the ball up the middle when they can't stop it, what else do you do? Yeah, wow, I mean, how, do you, how are you a college basketball team and you can't score more than 18 points? <laughs> I mean, I why mean, are you I scheduling mean, that if, yeah, if that's you can a possibility? Fall into 18 points. Yeah. I mean, I think you and I could go out and play the Grambling team right now and score 18 points. I mean, yes, you should be able to get to the free throw line enough to score 18 points. Yeah, yeah. that's it. I mean, the yeah, other I mean, Grambling coach could have had, you know, okay, just foul so they can go get a three, just, you know. Yeah, just stop maybe. It. Just stop scheduling those games. Yeah. Stop it. Both sides. Yes. Both True. sides. It, it does no good. Ugh. All right. Cowboys getting ready to take on the Commanders. They get a gift against the Lions. R.J. Cho will join us next. We'll talk about that game coming up right here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Nikki Collin and the Bears on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women play their Big 12 home opener Wednesday in Foster Pavilion hosting TCU. 6.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 7 p.m. tip-off Wednesday. Tune into Baylor women's basketball with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman all season long on ESPN Central Texas. 
Since 1975, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop has been serving their one-of-a-kind sandwiches, soups, and salads to hungry Central Texans. They start early in the morning baking their homemade artisan bread. The sandwiches are oven-toasted, giving the bread a crunchy crust covering and a soft and dry, airy center. Ask for everyone's favorite, the Schmaltz. A combination of three cheeses, three meats, and all the fixings. They welcome phone-in orders at their Town West or Downtown locations. Waco Born and Bread, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop. Every day, InCommons Bank strives to be the best community bank in Central Texas. Each of their six Central Texas locations have a proud history in the communities they serve. In addition, InCommons Bank offers modern-day services to their customers, including mobile banking, where you can access your account night or day, insurance services to make sure you are covered, competitive home mortgage loans, and free business checking. At InCommons Bank, you can open your new account online. It's quick and easy. Learn more at InCommonsBank.com. Member FDIC and Equal House. Lender. Raise your hand if you're a Secretariat fan. At UBO Business Services, Secretariat is our inspiration. Secretariat gave it his finest performance in the 1973 Belmont Stakes. He completed the race in a record 2 minutes, 24 seconds, winning by a record 31 lengths. This is our inspiration. Our goal is to outpace our competitors by providing an unrivaled customer experience. Reach out to UBO Business Services by calling Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. The Big 12 Shootaround, weekdays at 5.50 on ESPN Central Texas. All Around Maintenance is your complete janitorial and construction cleanup service. Whether you're looking for someone to clean your business or you need quick cleanup after a big construction, All Around Maintenance handles the nitty-gritty. We're real Central Texans, working with your schedule to satisfy your needs since 1996. We'll leave your office, school, restaurant, industrial facility, house of worship, or apartment complex spotless at an honest rate. Visit us today at allaroundmaintenance.net. That's allaroundmaintenance.net. Let us do the dirty work. Total Office Solutions is one of the largest locally owned and operated commercial furniture dealers in Central Texas. Their staff of consultants provide project management, layout design, and turnkey installations. Whether you need chairs, desk, or complete furniture renovation, Total Office Solutions is your provider of all steel, Hahn, JSI, and Gunlock furniture. Total Office Solutions, where customer service and satisfaction is their number one goal. 216 Schroeder Drive in Waco and at mytotaloffice.com. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham. Cunningham Realtor with Colwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. Go Cowboys! This is Dallas Cowboys football 2023. Second and five at the Detroit 8. Only heard here. here. Snap to Prescott, standing and looking and throwing right. All season. Brandon Cooks! Touchdown, Cowboys. Sunday afternoon, it's your Cowboys and the Washington Commanders. Live from FedEx Field. On this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. Cowboys and Commanders, Sunday afternoon at 2, here on ESPN Central Texas. 
Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-659-7540. 800-659-7540. That's 800-659-7540. Time to talk Cowboys with R.J. Ochoa from Blogging the Boys on ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. It is time for R.J. Ochoa, Blogging the Boys, joining us here on this Wednesday. And R.J., first and foremost, Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year to you, Ward. Hope everything's been going well. Hope you haven't messed up the date any times. I know that's a big, uh, big issue this time of year for a lot of people. I just leave off the 24 because I know I'm going to say 23. I just say it. It's the 3rd of January. I've already had the hiccup already today. <laughs> RJ, RJ, let's start with the biggest part of this game, and then we'll get into some of the other things. Cowboys get to win 20-19. That's the most important thing. But the debacle at the end of the ball game, I I get it. Everybody's saying it's it's the referee's fault and and you you blew it. But can you put a little bit of this on Dan Campbell because after that play, he should have went for the extra point. At least one of the two times he got a gift and maybe taking this thing to overtime. You know, I am a, a really aggressive minded football fan, you know, you want to use the term football analyst. I mean, I'm, I'm hesitant to go that far. Um, I lean into aggression. I lean into data. I lean into analytics. I mean, I'm, I love all that stuff, and I know you know that. Um, and I do think there is a, a point, you know, where maybe everybody feels like it's a little bit too much. Um, and it did feel like like Dan Campbell was, was kind of pushing the issue on Saturday night. Even the fourth down he went for early in the game, I thought that was a little too much. It did it, it, it felt like Dan had kind of lost sight of what was aggressive and what became reckless. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie 21 uh, about the kids at MIT that learned how to count cards yep. or uh, wh- whatever. There's a great line um, in that movie where one of the kids has, has just kind of run a foul and is no longer being smart. And his, his teacher's getting on to him and he says, you're no longer counting cards, you're gambling. And there's a difference. There's a difference between something that is a skill and something that is truly up to chance. And, um, I'm grateful that Dan Campbell um, lost a little bit of, c- of control, it seems. Yeah, and, and looking at that, it felt like almost divine intervention, that they got a couple of chances at it, and the Lord, if you will, is giving them this chance to kick the extra point, and Dan Campbell says, no, you know what, we're good, we're good. And so we, we talk about that decision, but um, looking at the actual play itself and the first flag and the reporting – what was just what was your view of this as it happened? Was this a referee mistake? Did you think Dan Campbell was getting a little too cute putting two or three linemen out there to talk to the ref and maybe the ref having to figure out which one was eligible and which one was not? Uh, was this a, 
at the end of the day, still a referee mistake for these guys who are out there at the at the highest level of officiating. Yeah, I mean, I I understand where some people are coming from, thinking that Detroit maybe overthought things. Um, but if if the intent was to confuse, it worked. I mean, it just unfortunately for them, you know, confused the wrong people. And um, you know, we live in an era where if you're not exploring every crevice of the rule book, if you're not doing absolutely everything you possibly can to gain an advantage, then, then I don't want you coaching my team. And so I, it really, you know, from, from a football fan standpoint, it's a shame that, that this didn't work because it, it did work. Now you can certainly argue that if Dallas had been properly informed uh, that Taylor Decker was eligible, that they cover him and, and maybe it doesn't work, but um you know, it did benefit the Cowboys, and, and I understand that. But this is a, a purely officiating error in my mind. I don't blame the Lions one bit. I mean, I, I think that the Lions went to extraordinary measures, actually, to, to try to get this right, what was prepping the officials before the game uh, and obviously reporting, which is, you know, the rules. Um, it's, it's a shame that, you know, a human error like that, you know, costed us what could have been a cool play. Granted, it would have upset the Cowboys and changed their playoff fortunes. And so I think what makes it really frustrating right now is that the NFL has yet to even admit this. Not, not that it would make it better, but uh, to act like we're all stupid and we can't recognize what happened is, uh, is a little bit insulting to everyone's intelligence right now. R.J. Atula blogging the boys with us here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. And C.D. Lamb, a huge night for C.D. Lamb a week after we just talked about he doesn't get any touches in the second and third quarter, can't figure out what Mike McCarthy's doing. And then all of a sudden, Mike McCarthy figures it out, and he gets 13 catches for 227 yards. How can Mike McCarthy be more consistent in just getting the ball to 88? I mean, you have to be obsessed with it. I mean, that's that's really what it you know it sounds, and that's where I think like like the Lions maybe the Cowboys have overthought that the Cowboys have thought oh we'll let things develop for CD. No, you have to force the issue, and I think. You know, obviously, you know, nothing is a foolproof strategy and nothing is guaranteed to work. But if you do force the issue, it's really probable that it's going to work out for you more often than it doesn't. And I think that the Lions game is a great example of that. They force fed C.D. Lamb. The reception that he broke the record on happened to be the one that he fumbled through the end zone. And that that was unfortunate. That's just the rub of the green. Um, but more often than not, he's going to find a way to ultimately make you look smart, whether it's an 82-yard touchdown, a huge first down here, a huge first down there. I mean, if he's not seeing at least 15 targets, you are doing an incredibly poor job as an offensive play caller. And just kind of looking back at this game one more time, you know, we talk about the call a few times, but this is a Cowboys victory over a division champion. And, and we know with the schedule now, there aren't many division champions who have wrapped it up with two or three weeks left in the season. And so looking from purely from that standpoint, how big a win was this for the Cowboys at the end of the day to knock off Detroit, a team that was battling potentially for the number two seed in the conference? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what makes, you know, the end so frustrating, you know, certainly for Lions fans is um, nobody knew that the Cardinals were going to help everybody out, obviously, on Sunday. But this is the difference. I mean, this this truly is the difference. If Dallas and Detroit meet in the playoffs, that game's going to happen at AT&T Stadium because of this. And I do think the Cowboys played well enough to win. I don't know that this was like a game they stole because of the officiating issue at the very end of the game. But the reality is, you know, you look at the Cowboys' odds to do whatever it is right now, you know, appear in the NFC Championship game, win the NFC Championship game, they're significantly higher than they were last year. That's because they're playing at home and because – you know, for my money, the scariest team in the NFC playoff picture outside of the Niners is the Rams. Um, and of all, there are 19 possible ways the NFC playoff picture can break on Sunday. In 16 of them, the Rams are the sixth seed. 
Uh, and so the difference between being the two seed and the three seed, if you're the Cowboys right now, is hosting the Rams. I want nothing to do with that. And beyond all of that, if you are kind of willing to just chug the Cowboys Kool-Aid, they get to host two playoff games before the title game, presuming they win the first one. They get to see the Rams not play them. And if the Rams upset the Lions, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility here, the Rams have a chance to go to San Francisco and beat them. And then you get to host the NFC championship game. I mean, this was a dramatic swing of playoff fortune that worked out in the Cowboys favor in a way that to be quite frank, it, it hasn't since the dude who was inducted into the ring of honor was coaching on the sideline. It looks like if the Cowboys win and the Packers win, that would be the first round matchup for the Cowboys, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, of the 19 possible permutations, I, the, the majority of them see the Packers as the seventh seed. There are other ways things can shake out, but I mean, if, if you are playing odds, it's most likely Dallas gets Green Bay. It, after watching them pretty much just destroy Minnesota on uh, Sunday night, did, does Green Bay worry you or is Minnesota just not there? I mean, Green Bay worries me because, you know, I've been alive for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> I'm, I'm really scared of them in the playoffs. I mean, before the Niners were the boogeyman, the, the Packers were the boogeyman. But but thankfully, the, the actual boogeyman is now gone. Um, and look, at the end of the day, we can sit here and we can make an argument for why we're afraid of every single team in the playoffs. What a, what a surprise. The playoffs are full of very good teams. Um, but I think of all practical, impossible opponents. I do think the Packers are one of the more favorable matchups for the Cowboys. That's not a guarantee. They could totally lose that game. Uh, we see teams get upset in the playoffs all the time, uh, but I'd much rather face the Packers and the Rams. I'd much rather face the Packers and the Seahawks just because Seattle did take the Cowboys 10 rounds. Would I rather see the Vikings or the Saints if, if they're able to kind of pull off their path to the seventh seed? Absolutely. But um, it could certainly be a lot worse than the Packers. I do think, you know, they partly look the way they did on Sunday night because the Vikings are so porous. RJ Ochoa blogging the boys with us in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And before the Cowboys get into the playoffs, only averaging 2.9 per carry running the football. That's got to get fixed, doesn't it, RJ? I mean, I feel like you've been saying that for like six weeks, Ward. It I know. It isn't <laughs> happening. Um, you know, PFF had a stat, uh, 46, of 49, 46 of Tony Pollard's 49 rushing yards uh, came after contact. And so while I'm not going to sit here and act like Tony Pollard's been great this season, I mean, he's, he's not exactly getting help. Um, and that sector of the offense is, is just not there. And you're almost too late into this to fix this. you got to just kind of hope it, it stabilizes and figures itself out. But you're going to have to be able to run the football somewhat effectively. And right now it is fair to say that that probably will not happen because, I mean, they haven't had a great game running the ball in a winning effort in like three months. And, RJ, I just want to drop a name here and get your instant reaction, okay? Dalvin Cook. Right. I'm out. I mean, <laughs> I, I know he's a, a big name and – I know that the Cowboys need all the help they can get. But again, I mean, Tony Pollard had 46 or 49 yards come after contact. That's not, you know, a problem Dalvin Cook fixes. Sure. Um, it's just, you know, they're, they're not getting the right kind of pressure up front on their side of things. And again, I'm not, I'm not positing that if, if the offensive line blocks better, Tony Pollard's ripping off 150 yards. But, I mean, the dude is, is behind the eight ball way more often than not. And I, I just, I mean, Dalvin Cook hasn't, been used a lot this season but in the small sample size he's been one of the least explosive running backs in the nfl so again i i'm not you know tying my last hopes to him at this moment in time rj the best thing the cowboys win but the best thing that happened at at&t stadium on saturday night 
was one Jimmy Johnson going into the Ring of Honor? It was incredible. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big sucker for pageantry and, and just kind of epic moments, and, and this was was all of that. You know, with with sports, and that's, I mean, sports are undefeated. Sports can make us all feel different ways and make us feel like children again. Um, we, I watched the game with my dad and my wife, my, my mom, my son and our dogs. And it was just so cool to share that moment with my dad and, and see kind of how emotional he got. And, um, you know, Jimmy saying how about them Cowboys was, was super predictable, obviously, but it was so perfect. I mean, everything about it was perfect and wonderful. Um, and kind of how I, how I would have wanted it to have been. Um, and that the Cowboys were able to get this kind of crunch, you know, crunch time play or playoff sort of win. I mean, it just, it was the perfect night and it, and it feels so right that things are finally done. My favorite part about the whole experience really um, was when Jimmy first walked out onto the field, how the 90s Cowboys were the first ones to greet him. I thought it was really gentlemanly of the older generation of Cowboys, Mr. Staubach and Lily, et cetera, to kind of hang back um, and let that moment be. Um, it, it, it felt it, it was what we all needed, I think. Um, and it was way, way, way long overdue. Talking about one of the legendary Cowboys figures to one of the legendary Rivals on tap this week. Cowboys going to Washington. And RJ, I'm wondering, how much do you think we'll see of the starters this week? Is this going to be business as usual? Do you think there might be some load management in there? Uh, How do you think this kind of shakes up for Mike McCarthy on Sunday in terms of the personnel? Well, given the schedule, um, they've got to play. I mean, they've, they've got to play to win this game. And so, you know, would it be wonderful for them to rest Tyron Smith? Yeah, but... The last thing you want to do is, is do that and, and lose and, and fall to the five seed potentially. And so I, I wouldn't doubt that they'll be scoreboard watching a little bit. And, and if Philadelphia is down 30 to nothing, maybe you take your foot off the gas a little bit because you know you've got something in hand. But um, but they, getting the two seed is the most essential thing. I mean, I, I cannot emphasize enough how, how advantageous that is. I mean, the Cowboys haven't hosted a division round playoff game since that 2016 matchup against Mike McCarthy's Green Bay Packers. And I mean, it just has felt like, you know, the last time they hosted a, a division around playoff game before that was uh, 2007 in, in the, you know, the Romo Cabo game and obviously whatnot. So, I mean, we're talking about for the third time this century, we just entered the year 2024. They have the potential to host a division around playoff game. I mean, they cannot squander that no matter what. So it, it sounds silly. It looks pedestrian they're double digit point favorites but this is the most important thing that they have kind of had facing them in a very very long time rj i know you're not old like me but what happened to this rivalry um i mean this is a simplified way of answering that but i'd say dan snyder happened um and i know that sounds like a joke but uh but he made the the organization a joke i mean to your point i mean I know this sounds funny to a lot of younger people, but there was a time where like, this was a bad franchise. Like you were afraid of Washington. Like they were so good. They were, they were so revolutionary. They had all these like intense characters in their past, Joe Gibbs. And I mean, the late great Sean Taylor, obviously, but he was even kind of a late arrival. I mean, you know, you had the all sorts of offensive stars in the nineties. And I, I think that Dan Snyder's tenure really just rotted a lot of that away, not just relative to the Cowboys, but to everyone. And so They've become this punching bag and these easy two wins. Um, and I think right now it's kind of hard to get into the name Commanders. It's not even that it's a different name. It's just such a goofy name in general. I mean, if if there was a little bit something cooler, maybe, you know, you can kind of light that flame. But they need to be relevant. I mean, people say all the time the NFL is better when, you know, the Raiders or the Steelers or whoever are going. 
I mean, the NFC East is great when, when all four teams are rocking and rolling. And so while I don't root for them, it would be fun if these games mattered a little bit more. But uh, this week, I'm glad they're a joke. This week, I hope they lay down. I hope they want the number two <laughs> overall pick. Like, let's just make this simple and get out of town with the win. You mentioned it. Shouldn't Washington go back to the Redskins? I mean, I, I recognize that there's a, a lot of people who, who find the name to be offensive. And so I, I don't know that that's, um, you know, that's the right play. But I, you know, when they were discussing a name change, I, I was a fan of using something. Um, I know they had the logo with the letter R. I know they discussed things like Red Wolves and things like that. Like, I think something like that that has a tie to your franchise, um, even the Hogs, which, which isn't a, you know, is obviously born of the 90s offensive line and Russ Grimm and all them. Um, something like that makes way more sense. Like, something like that gives gives fans something to connect to there was nothing about commanders that you know i mean outside of the you know geographical place that they play in but you know i don't know that anybody who is a commanders fan is like a fan of capitol hill or whatever but um i mean you you have to you have to find something to connect to your fan base and connect to your history and so if they go with red wolves if I hated football team. I know that some people like that. I was never a fan of that. But no. um, you've got to do something much cooler and find a way to involve your history in a way that is obviously not offensive. When you look at this game for the Cowboys, how important is it for them, one, to get off to a quick start, and then, two, get out of there healthy? I mean, the last thing you need is for this game to be 10-7 to 7 at halftime. And, you know – staring the prospect of all of this slipping through your hands away. So, yeah, I mean, you want to get up. You want to get, you know, a, as big of a lead as you possibly can. Um, and, and you're right. You have to prioritize yourself. It's a delicate balance. And that's the, you know, that's the price you pay by not having the one seed, not having the first round by. You've got to work. You've got to work every single week in the NFL to, to get what you need to put yourself in the best possible position. And that means you have to risk some things. I mean, again, in a perfect world, You'd rest all your important players. Cooper Rush would go out and be throwing it to Jalen Tolbert, and the Cowboys would still win by 50. But nothing is a guarantee in the NFL, and you have to act that way. I think that, you know, I think they, they probably went to Arizona early in the season and thought we can just rest our offensive linemen and, and beat this crummy team, and they learned a lesson, and I hope that they remember that this Sunday. When you look at the possibility of Lyle Collins coming back to this team, I know he's on the practice squad as of yesterday, but does he – come in and help this offensive line you think i actually wrote something about this right before you all called there seems to be some um discussion about this as, as i understand it based on the reporting of um jane slater and based on what mike mccarthy said a little while ago he's technically not on the practice squad yet um so they have um i don't want to say walked it back but it remains an unofficial thing which okay. is very strange and, and of course you know they can't do something simple and easy in a week where everything is on the line um but presuming he does return i think there's a difference between normal experience and and team experience when it comes to the playoffs and lyle you know, and I say this ironically, given the way that the last 24 hours or whatever have gone, Lyell is seemingly someone who they can trust, um, somebody who they know. And so if you are in a pinch, if a, if a tyrant or somebody gets hurt, I mean, in the divisional round of the playoffs with a ticket to the NFC Championship game on the line, no offense to Chuma Adoga, it's very difficult to kind of put the entire stake of everything on his shoulders. So it makes sense that you would want somebody around who, who's been there, done that, and who you trust to a certain degree. Yeah, I don't know this, but does he have to be on the practice squad before he can be elevated to the to the roster to be able to play? 
if they want to use the, the practice squad elevations, then yes. Uh, otherwise, they'd have to cut somebody from the active roster and sign him to that specifically. But um, they don't have to cut anybody at this moment to sign him to the practice squad. He won't count against their active roster, and he has the standard elevations available to him. So that's, that's the best way to go about this. Uh, but the fact that it was reported so officially you know, yesterday and that there's been some kind of, hey, whoa, watch out, this isn't official yet, um, is at the very least mildly concerned. Dan Quinn, there's rumors flying all over the place about Dan Quinn. What do you think about the possibility of him being back as D.C., or is that a pipe dream for Cowboy fans? You know, um, I've had my words about Dan Quinn, but he obviously makes the Cowboys a much better team. Um, And I just, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see how many opportunities there are available in the NFL. Uh, Obviously, some people think there could be somewhere around 10, maybe 12. Um, I think Dan is Dan is smart. I mean, in that, you know, when Dan chose the Atlanta Falcons or, or got that job, it worked out very well for him that they had a franchise quarterback in play at the moment in Matt Ryan. And so not to take away any of Dan Quinn's accomplishments, but I don't know that there is it's it's so much more difficult is my point to go to a franchise that doesn't have a quarterback in place already. You have to get lucky on top of working very hard and being very good. Um, so I think Dan is certainly – he knows he has to wait for the right opportunity. It's very rare that you get a third head coach and try on the NFL. So if this one doesn't work out, that's probably it for him as far as being the man in charge. And a lot of people seem to think that he wants to wait out Pete Carroll and go take over Seattle where he obviously was the defensive coordinator for their Super Bowl winning team. Um, it seems like that timeline could be coming to a head sooner rather than later. But um, it's hard to look at the opportunities that, that seem like they are going to be open and say, man, that's the one you got to jump on. I mean, maybe the Chargers job, uh, but, you know, it's such a weird thing and they have such a horrible energy around them. I don't know that you want to go be a part of that. Other than that, nobody else really has a quarterback in place. R.J. Ochoa blogging the boys. R.J., what happens on Sunday? I think the Cowboys win. I think maybe the first quarter is a little bit stressful, and I think people are, you know, kind of um, – therapizing themselves on the internet, getting mad, getting it out of their system. But I think that they put things in cruise control. They get a solid win. They probably draw the Green Bay Packers. And then next week, the safety net is removed, and it's all for nothing. R.J. Ochoa blogging the boys with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. R.J., always appreciate the time. Enjoy the games this week, and we'll talk to you next week. Likewise, guys. Y'all have a good one. All right, there he goes. R.J. Ochoa, Cowboys favored by 13 over the Washington Commanders. And... Look, they should cakewalk this game. There's we, no doubt. We did agree yesterday. I don't think 13's enough. I don't, I don't think, think it is either. Enough. I know, you know, any given Sunday, and they're on the road and all that, but this should be comfortable. And I think I, what RJ said in there, too, of it needs to be comfortable quickly. Yes. At, at this, you know, in a, in a Week 18 game, I mean, just don't mess around with this. I compared it to that Carolina game earlier in the season before Thanksgiving. Just don't mess around with this. You're by far the better team. You've still got a lot to play for. Just get this out of the way. Cowboys in Washington coming up on Sunday. Our pregame starts at 2.30 right here on ESPN Central Texas. All right, she's back. All Around Maintenance is your complete janitorial and construction cleanup service. Whether you're looking for someone to clean your business or you need quick cleanup after a big construction, All Around Maintenance handles the nitty-gritty. We're Real Central Texans, working with your schedule to satisfy your needs since 1996. We'll leave your office, school, restaurant, industrial facility, house of worship, or apartment complex spotless at an honest rate. Visit us today at allaroundmaintenance.net. That's allaroundmaintenance.net. Let us do the dirty work. 
Now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They have financing options to fit any budget. That's any budget. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. On the road with Mr. Rhodes. Hey, here's a shocker. Cars are bigger than people. So if you're behind the wheel, be careful. Those crosswalk stripes, yeah, they aren't left over from National Painted Street like a zebra day. They mean you need to stop for people in crosswalks and yield the right of way when turning at intersections. And no looking at phones, photos, texts, emails, or holding your jeans or where that nickel fell. Oh, and please slow down. Sound device. Mixed in with professional sound effects. Be safe, drive smart. A message from TechStop. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas, football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, the that means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. In the market for a quality metal building? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe have helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal building design, panel options, building components, and trim options. Pioneer Steel and Pipe's residential line is energy efficient, offers low maintenance, reduces insurance payments, is impact resistant, and carries up to a 45-year limited warranty. In addition, they can help you find metal building contractors for your project. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan, and at PioneerBoys.com. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham Realtor with Colwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport, the thrill of victory, and the agony of defeat. The human drama of athletic competition. It's time for Stephanie Sports Talk, sponsored by Advanced House Leveling and Foundation Repair, Epperson Tractor, La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina, King Ranch Turfgrass, Mosby's Land Management, Myatt Fuels. And now, here's Stephanie. Hello. <laughs> hey. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 
Okay, so it's kind of chilly outside, right? So I went to the Googles. Is it? I'm freezing. I don't know about y'all, but it's freezing in this building. And I even <laughs> thought turned, it felt pretty good. I don't know. Go to one of the other sister stations. Walking over there to the beat, and it's freezing in there. Those poor guys don't have any heat over there. It is cold. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, we are going to talk about walk racing. What? Walk. W-O-K. Like, oh. walk. Oh, okay. That was this like you were mispronouncing walk. Yeah, I was like, okay, we'll help you with that you word. You know that, that big thing that Chinese <laughs> right. foods cooked in? Right. This is That's... a thing. This it's always a, great for puns at Chinese restaurants, for sure. <laughs> the walk. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. And it started in so Germany. So you say walk racing or walk? Walk. walk. Like we walk. See at the mall. W-O-K. Walk. Okay. Is Not that, like the mall walkers. No, they'll run you over for sure. Have you ever been out to our mall? <laughs> yes. Go between like 10 a.m. and 2. Aaron's over there saying, maybe you, you your, should try it. You got to get your elbows ready. when they're, they're, I know, because they'll start run you over. Yeah. No, so this is walk racing. Okay. And it started in Germany in 2003 by some dude named Stefan Rob. But how does that start <laughs> in Germany? Of course, naturally. <laughs> what else are you going to do in Germany? Well, I mean, I, I don't mean, know. isn't that I don't know. You can in do a walk things, kind of a different nationality? Well, just let me get to my point. Oh. Okay, so I don't even have a point, really. <laughs> well, she just didn't shocker. want to answer that. She just didn't want to answer <laughs> So this was started by this dude named Stefan in Germany, and he was like this TV broadcaster. What the what it is is these walks are specially made, I guess in China. Think Chinese food, China, and they're not like your typical walks that go like on your stove. Because I have one. These are ones that you actually can sit down in or lay down in. What? Yes. Whoa. Okay, and what you do is you race on ice, like on a bo- Olympic bobsled track. So this is like National Lampoon's like, Christmas y- Vacation. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> Land speed record coming up. Well, so this is huge. Like every, they even have a world championship once a year. This has been going. No, they do. Yes, they do. They just had one in 2023, <laughs> and so you can do it individually, or you can do it. Um, with four people, and what they do is they it's got to be a big some walk. Big walks, man. Yeah. No, so they're individual walks, but they connect them together what? by some wood. <laughs> by some wood. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Look on YouTube. Look it up. This is a thing, and so Germany loves it over there. They've even started picking this up in Minnesota. I mean, what are you going to do in Minnesota? Right. Nothing. We've Ice had that fish. theme a couple of times with your wacky sports. Oh, they play it in the upper Midwest, well, too. Well, they do. What are you going to do up there? I'm just saying. It just keeps coming back. <laughs> just, so, like I said, this guy, it, it, so it was started by the Stefan guy, and he launched it on German TV. Started in 2003, and the first world championship was in 2003. The second, it became so popular that they went ahead and did it in 2004. And okay, it just popular kept for who? The Germans. Okay. Okay, well... For the racers or for the fans? The fans and the racers. Really? In fact, remember the Jamaican bobsled team? Yes. That went to the Olympics Mm -hmm. or whatever? They even jumped on the bandwagon, as you would call it, and they tried doing the walk racing. It's because they couldn't bobsled. Well, they couldn't walk race either. (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) Well... Where are they going to practice? 
I don't know. How did they practice for the bobsled? I guess they. I mean, didn't they do I actually, that? Like, so a, I actually do know how they do that. Weirdly enough, and you have to go to a, like basically a place that has hosted the Olympics before. I, oh. I know a guy who does this in in Europe. And he has to go there for like six months out of the year. And there's no facilities for it. Yeah. Right. So I guess that's what they did. So it's it's, it's your life, essentially. Yeah. Like Joey Chestnut with the hot dogs. <laughs> Joey Chestnut. <laughs> Maybe Joey Chestnut could try this. But yeah, so it's so big right now that these walks, right, can go as fast as 75 miles an hour. I- I'm watching this. This is terrifying. Terrifying. I mean, like. Cause- you have no protection. All you have is the suit, a helmet. And, like, the guard over your face. And the walk is a little bit bigger than you would cook in, but it basically just covers your butt. That's it. And a little bit of your back. And that's it. And you're going that 70 miles an hour. You're slipping up the yes. wall and everything. Like, it, these I mean, guys are hanging on for their lives here. I mean, don't try this at home, people. <laughs> oh you can really get hurt. This guy is flying. But, yeah, so it's a oh, thing. Oh, and then he gets caught sideways, and the... the <laughs> The horizontal part of the tube is just long enough so that his body doesn't get completely stuck in it. It's it's a crazy thing, but it has, like I said, it started in 2003. It is so popular over in Europe that everybody in Europe, like hundreds, thousands of people show up mm-hmm. to this world championship to watch these guys get on a walk and go down this, this racetrack, basically. And um, so it's real popular, but... What they do, this is what's funny, is that when you enter to watch as a spectator, you get a bratwurst and a German beer. Imagine that. So I would go just for the bratwurst and German beer. Well, yeah, you could do that. I would I would go to one of these. I mean, it looks pretty cool. And they even have a track. Beats where, NASCAR for me. Uh-huh. They even have a track where you go down it, and then when you get to the end, you're going off the track, and you're landing in a pool of water. What? No. Wait, yes. wait a minute. That. Yes, I but saw it. But they're doing it. this like on ice. I, I know. I don't want to know what that water is. Well, I'm sure the water's cold. Well, yeah, that's you right. Think? That's... <laughs> I'm just saying. But yeah. If you, you just... don't die going down the hill, you might just when you get to the water. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you're seeing the same video I yes, watched, yes, Sam. So I've watched and a it's a these. thing. And uh, yeah, they just show up. I think in, they're specially ordered. No, I'm not doing it. But I mean... Think about it. The only gear you have is your helmet. And I guess those suits are pretty. I mean, they got it. They look like shoulder pads and a helmet, a motorcycle Kind of like what an ice hockey player would wear. Um, But here's the thing. It's kept growing in popularity that the German television broadcasts will only let. They don't like show like, okay, this is the semifinals or that. It's just the champion. Just the finals. Mm -hmm. Just Hmm. the finals. Um, Because they say that the. Sponsors or whatever that pay to have their commercial, mm-hmm. um, they're making too much money, whatever that means. That the network is. Ah, that's Europe for you. I they're mean, I'm just too, too much, much money, money. Uh-huh. off the sport, and so um, they're trying to get it into the Olympics. <laughs> I mean, they this, could. Uh, yeah, this looks like an Olympic sport to me. From some of the other ones I've seen in the Olympics, this could absolutely be in there. Oh, this guy fell off. It seems like think about it. If, I mean, I could see this there for sure. I think so. I mean, you've got to have technique and skill and be able to hang I mean, on yeah, to your Yeah, it's no walk. different from the bobsled to me. There is a push to get this in the Winter Olympics, along with snowball fighting and human curling. Um, 
So snowball fighting is wait, cool. Wait. We're going to talk about that. Tomorrow. I would love to see snowball fighting, and I will save that for when you bring it up. But human curling. Yeah, I guess I'm, you just curl people. I'm going to look that one up. That's not because curling is played by humans, so that would then infer Maybe to me that. that you're pushing somebody down the ice. Are humans? Yeah. Oh, I gotta look that up. That's a good. That's gonna be a good story. Those things are like granite in real curling, so you gotta have a heck of a helmet to push one of those out. But like, yeah. or, push, a, or is it pushing out another human? But you know, like, there's your typical uh, walk, and so you figure you're just making it a little bigger. Which does look exactly like the thing that uh-huh. uh, Chevy Chase and so went on in, in vacation. Yeah. <laughs> And they just kind of like, I don't know, they put something on the bottom so it'll slide better. I think he used oil. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But he didn't have a piece of government plastic in his head, so he was, <laughs> he was good. He was fine. But yeah, so you go you go down this course, or you can also do the course where you like jump out into the water. It's mm. kind of cool. I don't know. I think we should try it. Where are we going to try this? We got a little hill right here. <laughs> it has to be on ice. We could throw some ice out there. It's cold enough, wouldn't it? Just of course we can. It's not we cold enough throw for ice. Some ice out there. If it's gonna it's be forty-one, it'll. I mean, <laughs> not what free. is freezing? What's yeah. freezing? Forty. What we're did you just say? There. What is freezing? Yeah, I don't you know. You don't know what freezing is? I didn't pay attention in school. Oh, that's a Texan. Oh, mm. What is freezing? What is freezing? I don't know Seriously, I thirty-two degrees. Okay, thirty-two. <laughs> okay, wasn't it thirty-two this morning? I last night? I don't think so. Okay, we need to find the weather because if it's... Why are you laughing? <laughs> That's just great. That is great. Freezing 40 degrees. Freezing temperature. 40 degrees is short sleeve shirt weather. What state and are it, you living and in? And if it gets to 40 degrees two hours later, you're not going to keep ice. Well, you need it to be Okay, but that's why... Okay, so here's the plan. We need to go get some of those ice things in a bag. All right, get some ice bags. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's see if it gets down to 30 tonight. Or th- what is it? 32? 32. 32. 32. Even if it's 33. And we'll just spread it out on this little hill. And I'll bring my walk from home. And we'll all meet here before the sun comes up and try it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I okay. don't want to laugh at this only because I want to see you do this. <laughs> I want to see, you. I want to see Stephanie out there with, I don't know, a hundred bags of ice. I'm not laying gonna... it out and hoping that it will stay under 32 all it. night. And then we get out here at 7:30 because by nine o'clock it's going to be 45 degrees. So right, so 45 it's is so... bigger than 32, so we have Correctly. to be here. Nailed it, nailed it. <laughs> so we have to be here. Wow. So and we got a light back here. So I mean, I'll put the ice out and bring the walk. You Cam, would need and a... you go down it thousand bags of ice to get out like, there like literally i don't even think that's an overstatement i think you would need all like, right listeners bags if everyone could drop off some bags oh, of ice goodness. tonight <laughs> you know, I, we learned something new about stephanie every day her not knowing how ice works was not what i expected. yeah that was not my bingo card this morning <laughs> what do you mean you just put it in the freezer it's water that you put in the freezer, right? That is ice. I mean, that is that true. technically is true. That <laughs> is true. We we got that part. We got that part down. But and I know that when it's and you know cold, what raisins are, correct? They're grapes. Dang, dang. All right. I knew I knew you'd get that one. That was. A I'm just saying we could try it. Okay. I'd love to try it. Even if it doesn't like make a flat surface, it'll just be bumpy going down. But I'm you're not doing it on ice. I'm not much of a thrill seeker. Like I don't like roller coasters. But this is something I would. You would try it because look, that hill's only like not that big. 
Well, I don't know if I'm trying your track. I don't know if I'm trying your track. My track will be fine. I'm just throwing the ice out there. Okay. I just right. I think I, in my head it makes a lot of, of logical sense. Of course, in your sense. head it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just right. saying. And you've got the walk. I have the walk at home. I don't know. It's not that big. <laughs> I don't know if it'll fit. It's not that big, like you see on YouTube. But you know, half your butt might be able to get on it. Mm, that'll be a great ride. <laughs> And it's, you don't have to go that, that far. Right. So there you go. <laughs> I like Steph. this one. <laughs> Hour number two coming up next on the Press Box. Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. To me, it was kind of a rude awakening for the ponies. Paid their way to be with the big boys in a Power 5 conference. I don't think we should read too much into these bowl games, but if you're going to complain that you should be in a New Year's Six Bowl, you better go handle a 6-6 six and six ACC team. Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there, this is the Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true. At the Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast-acting, long-lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product. So give the doctor a call of the day at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. So for doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls, the Foundation Doctor will make a house call. La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina has been Waco's favorite Tex-Mex since 1963. Voted the best fajitas, enchiladas, and chili con queso around Central Texas. La Fiesta, a delicious selection of Mexican classics and Texas favorites. You can order any of the delish Tex-Mex food online at LaFiesta.com or stop on by at 3815 Franklin Avenue in Waco. La Fiesta, where passion is the most important ingredient. From the La Fiesta family to yours, have a happy new year. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at SyntechSportsFan.com. Hey, neighbor, I saw your license plate. Welcome to Texas. Thanks. I'm going to need a bigger mower for this lawn. Seems like everything's bigger here. <laughs> it sure is. And we're saving up for a big pool. Well, then you're going to need a high-yield CD from EECU. They have a 5.5% APY on a nine-month CD. 5.5%? That is big. Yep, we've done our banking with EECU for years, and we opened a CD just last week. It was fast and easy to open online. Just call 800-333-9934 or go to eecu.org slash high-yield and open your CD in under five minutes. Wow. What'd you call them? EECU? <laughs> That's right. They've been helping Texans grow their savings for over 85 years. You can't go wrong with EECU and a 5.5% APY, but hurry, go to eecu.org slash high yield today because it's a limited time offer. Thanks for the tip. Hey, uh, you don't know any good fishing spots, do you? Federally insured by NCUA. APY is annual percentage yield. $2,500 minimum deposit required from an external source. Membership requirements apply. For additional terms and conditions, call 800-333-9934. They know steak at Logan's Roadhouse. Everyone will find an entree that they love at Logan's Roadhouse, including wood grill steaks. 
fall off the bone ribs, pork chops, burgers, sandwiches, soups and salads, salmon and shrimp, and those famous made-from-scratch yeast rolls. Dine in the casual dining room or in the bar, where you can also enjoy a signature cocktail or ice-cold beer. Logan's Roadhouse in the Central Texas Marketplace in Waco. Open every day at 11 and until 11 p.m. Friday and Saturday nights. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Baylor Bear Basketball. Welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. More watch Cam Stewart and Aaron Sexton along with you here on this Wacky Wednesday as we get ready for the national championship coming up on Monday night. Uh, coaches changes are abound across college football, and Brian Kelly decides he's going to fire the majority of his defensive staff. That would kind of surprise me a bit. I don't, I, you know, I don't follow the SEC too intently, and I know they, you know, they had somewhat disappointing season considering having the Heisman Trophy winner. I think they end up winning nine games still, but uh, that one is interesting. I mean, year two, he's already cleaning house on that side of the side of the field. Uh, It's for a veteran coach. It's just not one you expect. I mean, obviously he's got a longer leash than someone we would see like Dave Aranda here when getting rid of his coordinators because of his track record. But um, that, that one kind of stuck out to me when I saw that. I was really, really shocked about that. I don't, I don't know that it was entirely the defensive fault. I get it, um, but I mean, maybe he felt like he he really needed to do something, and so the coaching carousel really starts to catch fire right now as you look across the landscape. And I guess the biggest change has to be at Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher out. And you look at his record at Texas A&M in his tenure there, and you look at Stark at Texas, they're almost identical. Yeah. I mean, you see that graphic? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I saw that yesterday, and it's almost identical to the same record, yet Jimbo Fisher is out. Does Texas A&M have too high expectations for their coach? I think, I think yeah. Um, but they've done it. To themselves, in that, you know, they obviously have more money than than you could then toss sense. a stick at. Yeah, I mean, you can, you could. They just have these endless pockets and endless resources, and they obviously bringing in these great recruiting classes. They can recruit anybody in the country to come and play there, uh, but it's still not an easy place to win. I mean, you got to remember they're in they're in the SEC West. And I know with those resources at A&M, you're thinking, well, with this behind us, we should still be able to compete. But LSU and Alabama and Auburn are there. You know, I mean, any given year, three of those teams could beat you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's it's not an easy place to win. Not to say it's a bad job, but it is not an easy place to win. And I think that, you know, kind of the rise of A&M more financially than on the field since Johnny Manziel left, because we know that that really brought it to the next level in terms of that profile of that program and that athletic department, as I think hurt more than helped them. I agree. Is Mike Elko the answer? Well, I guess that would depend on the expectations, right? Um, I like Elko. I really do. Um, 
But I think we could be looking at this in a couple years and could be looking at the same kind of graphic where he's got the same numbers as, as Jimbo Fisher. I don't even think Jimbo did a bad job. I thought it was probably time for them to move on, but I, he didn't do a bad job by any means in, in my book. And that's what I worry about is that Elko will do something similar and he'll get canned too. And he and doesn't have... the vicious cycle continues. Right, right. And, and for Elko too, both for Elko and AM, because Jimbo still has the national championship ring. Mm-hmm. that he can flaunt in job interviews anywhere. I, I'm sure he'll take a year off, but he can flaunt that that anywhere. Elko won't have that. And it he'll look like, you know, a guy who was a good coach who's thinking, man, maybe I should have stayed at Duke instead of going to Texas A&M, which is, seems like a wild thing to say. But I like Elko. But, yeah, it, it's, it's something you got to think about now with the expectations down there in College Station that, yeah, you have the money, that Alabama and LSU do, but you do not have the culture and the winning tradition. And quite frankly, the coach, even when you had Jimbo, that those schools had, in your, not just in your conference, but in your division. I, I said this when they moved to the conference 10 years ago. It's not a hot take. I don't see worlds where they get into the SEC championship game let alone winning this conference and battling for a playoff spot. So, I'm right there yeah, with you. expectations are too high. USC <laughs> and Lincoln Riley right now. I can't look. He That's fires. He fires his defensive coordinator, and I, I get that, but I think this is maybe the most intriguing look at a program in the off season because. Is it fair to say Lincoln Riley, for the first time, might be feeling a little heat on his backside? That seat's warm. I'll say that. Yeah, and it's kind of the opposite of A&M, where the expectations are high, but they should be. I know this was a good year for the Pac-12, but you bring in Lincoln Riley, and you bring in a Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback, who at times was the consensus number one pick in the draft, like, that needs to be a recipe for success, and they don't even make the conference championship game. They, they've they've got to be there and, and battling for the playoff and the top New Year's Six Bowls. They have to be. And that expectations, those expectations aren't going to change in the Big Ten because, you know, I'm taking a shot in the dark here. I haven't looked this up, but I think they're going to be in the Big Ten West. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my opinion. I think in, in Los Angeles they'll be in the Big Ten West which is not a good division. We, that's the division that Iowa got to win 10 games in. So uh, not And good. they looked awful in their bowl game. Horrendous. And so if it's, not, if it's not a 10 or 11 win season for USC next year, they've got to be thinking that. Even with a change at quarterback, they have to be thinking that. And by the way, what is the quarterback situation? Because we heard Will Howard is the guy they were going after day one all in, and yet here we are, January 3rd, and what's the story, Morning Glory? Who's their quarterback next year? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, for this guy who was the QB whisperer, the guru, the hot young gun of of college football, um, the grass isn't always greener. And that's certainly looking like a lot of brown grass there in L.A. for Lincoln Riley, Um, which would be interesting if, let's just play it out hypothetically, that this is... His last year, they don't live up to expectations. That would be an interesting to see where he goes. Yeah, where would he this. land? You know, because how many people are going to think, 
oh, this was just a maybe not a great fit at USC? Or how many people are going to say, that guy's a fraud? We'll see. Maybe he lands a cushy OC job. This was a guy who I think could have been interviewed for NFL jobs a few years ago. Well, he was rumored uh, for a Cowboys yeah, job. Yeah, this sounded like Jerry wanted him quite a bit. So uh, wh- where would that next stop be for a guy like that? But yeah, I mean, the expectations have got to be high. I think they would expect them to be in the Big Ten Championship year one in that conference. I, I agree. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that, that all plays out. And you can tell he's, he's feeling a little bit by yeah. firing his defensive coordinator and a guy who's been with him for a long time. Right. I mean, That's what, another one of thing. his right-hand guys, absolutely. Yep. All right. This is the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. We'll keep the college football coaching changes going as we'll visit – with UTEP's new head coach, Scotty Walden. He'll join us next in the Press Box. Nikki Collin and the Bears on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women play their Big 12 home opener Wednesday in Foster Pavilion hosting TCU. 6.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 7 p.m. tip-off Wednesday. Tune into Baylor women's basketball with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman all season long on ESPN Central Texas. Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan, you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there, this is the Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true. At the Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast-acting, long-lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product. So give the doctor a call of the day at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. So for doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls, the Foundation Doctor will make a house call. La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina has been Waco's favorite Tex-Mex since 1963. Voted the best fajitas, enchiladas, and chili con queso around Central Texas. La Fiesta, a delicious selection of Mexican classics and Texas favorites. You can order any of the delish Tex-Mex food online at LaFiesta.com or stop on by at 3815 Franklin Avenue in Waco. La Fiesta, where passion is the most important ingredient. From the La Fiesta family to yours, have a happy New Year. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Okay, everyone, check this out from D'Amori Fine Jewelers in Waco. D'Amori Fine Jewelers now has their own diamond growing machine right here in their own super lab. Yes, you've always been able to get a better premier diamond for the best price at D'Amori Fine Jewelers, but now they have their own growing chamber. Yes, they still have Earthmine Diamonds and a great selection of those too, but now if you're in the market for a lab-grown diamond, this is a game changer because you can now get them directly from the source. No middleman markup and only the very best high color, high clarity, and high transparency material. So you can get an incredibly beautiful diamond at an amazingly low price. Come by D'Amori Fine Jewelers on Waco Drive just past New Road and talk about your dream diamond that will become a reality. D'Amori Fine Jewelers at D'AmoriFineJewelers.com. 
With tens of thousands of satisfied patients across America, it's no surprise QC Kinetics gets five-star reviews. I'm feeling on top of the world because of QC Kinetics. I'm able to do the things that I wasn't able to do for a long time. I can recommend them highly. I would recommend QC to anybody. QC Kinetics has changed my life. I couldn't believe it. I honestly was skeptical, but the pain went from a 10 to a zero. Real people with real lasting relief from joint pain. QC Kinetics Regenerative Medicine is regenerating me. This non-surgical approach is definitely the future. I tell as many people as possible. I am an ambassador. I love QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. No drugs, no surgery. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 254-415-4100. That's 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. Listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Ward Mike Cam Stewart along with you here on this wacky Wednesday. And former Cleburne Yellow Jacket quarterback, former Dort College quarterback, former Sol Ross quarterback, former offensive coordinator, former head coach to a lot of stops. My friend Scotty Walden joins us, the head coach of the UTEP Miners. Scotty, first and foremost, congratulations. Lord, I appreciate it, man. It's great to be back on with you. I think the uh, the last time we did this, man, I was a high school quarterback in Cleburne. We were getting ready to play a game, and uh, it's, it's been a while, brother. So I appreciate you having me back on. Well, it's so proud of the, the journey that you have taken and what you've come out of this. And, and I watched your your press conference when you were introduced there in El Paso. And one of the things you said that stood out to me is the influence that Coach Phil Young had on you to get you into this profession. You know he's a good friend of mine, and and there's not a better coach out there than Phil Young. There, there's not a word at all. That 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 guy right there changed my life. And and you you talk about that. That's why you know I'm in this profession, and that's why this profession is so awesome. Is you know I, I think that you know people watching fans and you know alumni donors all that they you know they they see the end product. You know they see the the Saturdays and the Friday nights where you know, you're, you're playing in the game and they're focused on the wins and losses like we all are. But you know what? The, there's so many things that go on behind the scenes that, you know, people don't even realize and that a coach has just such a major influence on. And, you know, I, growing up in a single-parent home and having, you know, Phil Young, you know, uh, as, as my father figure, was probably one of the most influential things that's ever happened in my life and that led me to this trajectory because he's really the first guy that I said, you know, when I met him and, and played for him and saw how he – not only how he coached, but how he carried himself as a man, I was like, man, this is what I want in my life. Like, it was like like God kind of hit me over the head was like, this is what you're doing, brother. Like, you're going to be a coach. And I'm like, Let, let's roll. You know, I thought my whole time in college I was going to go back and coach for Coach Young. And, and you know, heck, I, I was – heck, been on doing that. And then, you know, other opportunities came up, and I was I was fortunate. But I, I, don't, I don't think we can ever underestimate the influence of a coach or a mentor – you know, on on these young people, and and man, I'm I'm a product of that, and and that's why I'm here today, and and doing what I love doing, and and that's because of Coach Young, and not just playing quarterback for him, and like I said, teaching you know teaching me, you know, a post dig combination, you know, heck, this guy was teaching me life through the game of football, and that's something that I, I think that um, is a calling, and and that's something I don't care if we're at the FBS level like we are now, or you're coaching high school, it doesn't matter, man. You're you're influencing young people for the future and, and coach young certainly did that and um i'm forever indebted to him and he's a he's a great friend of mine when i have job opportunities and even this job opportunity you know i i still call him to this day 
um, and talk it through with him. And he's always, I mean, I can't tell you, you know, we just had a championship season at Austin P, you know, undefeated conference, uh, uh, you know, championship, undisputed. And Coach Young, he and I talked every week. You know, he, he really, really uh, was instrumental in kind of just, you know, being that, 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 that voice of reason for me and kind of talking through things, you know, things, injuries were happening, stuff was happening, how, he, how he's handled it. And uh, I, I just couldn't thank that man enough. I lo- love that guy to death. Hey, Coach, I know it's been about a month here since, uh, since you were introduced out there in El Paso, coming off of back-to-back conference championships with the governors of Austin P. Just tell me what the reception's yeah. been like. I know you got the introduction at the Haskins Center. What, what has the reception been like yeah. for you out in El Paso? It's been unbelievable. You know, when I when when I interviewed for the job, you know, I was just, you know, I was asking the, the president and the athletic director, so what do I need to know about El Paso? What do I need to know? Like, you know, what's it like living there? What's it like? And, and the whole room just kind of looked at the committee that I was interviewing with. They just kind of looked at each other and started smiling. And I was like, you know, all right, what's this? And they just, all at the same time, all of them just went around the room and talked about the community of El Paso and how it's impacted their families for the good and how amazing the people are. I mean, I, I've, I have not met one person in my time living in Texas that has ever said, man, I just, I hate living in El Paso. Like they all love it. Like I've, I can't tell you how many people, um, and I, and I never knew that cause I never lived there. And now that I'm living there, I'm like, you know, this is, uh, the, 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 the people, when you get off the plane, welcome to El Paso. They're just so fired up that you're there. They're, they're the most just passionate. And that's one reason why I took the job. They're one of the most passionate fan bases out there, man. You know, you're talking about a major, city you know one of the largest cities in the state and in the country that doesn't have an nfl team and so like they love the utep miners and they are so excited about i think just the the energy we're bringing i think they're excited about the trajectory of where we can take this place because they see it too you know they've lived there for a long time the community they know what kind of program utep can be and you know i'm sitting there walking around the halls every day and i'm just like are you kidding me like we like who wouldn't want to come to this place i mean this place We've got the most iconic stadium in the country in the Sun Bowl. We've got a phenomenal uh, – got our own practice uh, uh, facility right across the street. We're getting a brand-new locker room that's going to be a Power 5 locker room after spring ball. Um, the investment is there. The people are there. Um, they have welcomed us with open arms, and I just I think they're excited. Just I think they know the style of ball we're going to bring is going to be, you know, a, a fast – fast pace, you know, just fearless approach and you know, we're gonna we're gonna let it all hang out there and, and uh you know be an exciting product to watch and I think they're fired up about that and um you know and I think the, the, the people around the, the city and in the state of Texas are excited for us to recruit the state of Texas, you know, and, and that's what we're gonna do. And so it's it's been really, really impressive. I I've been blown away by the reception. It feels like family already and um, you know, just really, really excited to get going. Scotty Walden, head coach of the UTEP Miners, with us here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. And, Scotty, what was it like the first time you walked out on the turf of the Sun Bowl with your, your wife and your son and just took it all in? Oh, it was special, man. My, uh, you probably they did a great job, man. You know, nowadays everything's documented. So, like, they, <laughs> you, you, could probably, you could probably go back and watch. You know, there's a guy filming me from behind, and I'm like, you know, uh, you know, but like he did a great job of like kind of documenting all that. And there's a funny, uh, a funny deal that happened. It really happened, and he captured it. It was pretty cool. Like my, my, I, I, I took my son out on the balcony, um, and like you just overlooked the Sun Bowl. If you've ever been there, it's just an amazing view. I mean, it's built into a mountain, and you're sitting right there on this balcony, right outside our weight room, overlooking the whole thing. And it's just, it's just surreal. Like I just had to take a deep breath, and and it's just a dream come true, Ward. You know, for me growing up in Texas and. Um, you know, and, and getting to getting to lead an FBS program in my home state is is literally a dream come true. I mean, I, I could not, 
even fathom this opportunity and, and it's amazing just the blessings God has and but the guy captured a funny moment my son was like it's, it's bright you know because the sun was just beaming on us it's a sun city for a reason and, <laughs> and uh it was just being in my son and my three-year-old son's like man his daddy is bright and I'm like yeah, buddy, that's what that's why they call it the Sun Bowl, brother. That's it, you know. And so it was uh it was it was a cool moment he caught, but it was really cool just sit there with Callie, my my wife who Callie, you know, she, she she's a Cleburne High School yellow jacket as well. We met we met in uh, algebra class there at Cleburne High in uh, in junior year and uh, I wasn't real good at math, so I was I was maybe asking her for some help there, you know. So uh, I was I was a good I was a good recruiter back in the day, even. Man, you know what I mean? That's where it started, you know. So <laughs> I, uh, you know, we're we're both Cleveland Yellow Jackets. So for us to sit there and look over the Sun Bowl and just with our with our child, and we have another uh, child on the way in February, uh, just really cool to like sit there and take it all in, man. Just just uh, God is good, and you know we we want to we really are passionate about uh, you know bringing this place a winner because it deserves. Uh, a winner. The, the people of El Paso deserve a program they can be proud of, and and that's what we're going to strive to bring to them every day. Now, Coach, bef- before you get off the plane, before you see how great this community is, I- I'm sure there were people in your ear, other coaches, people around the game, thinking or, or saying saying to you, "Why UTEP? Why would you go there?" And so I ask you the question: What what was attractive to you uh, for UTEP? Yeah. Well, no, number one. You know, my desire to be an FBS football coach in the state of Texas, you know, was huge. But that's 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 not the only reason. The the, the biggest reason is when I look at a program or I look at you know a, a job opportunity when I'm approached you know about one, I'm gonna see like what okay what ingredients are there for this place to be successful. And when I look at the University of Texas at El Paso, like you know I'm one of those guys and I, I might be weird in this. Like I, I like. I like taking those jobs. I like looking at those places that, that, that other other people don't want. You know, those jobs. You know, other people are kind of like, oh, I don't know if you can win there because I'm crazy enough to think that that, that, I, that I can win anywhere. We can win anywhere, and that's not being like cocky or anything. It's just like you you gotta you gotta believe in what you do and have a vision. But then also that vision has to align with the place you're looking at, and that's exactly what I see in the University of Texas at El Paso. I see a place that is just hungry for a winner. I see a fan base that is super passionate. We played out there in 2019 and I remember uh, when I was at Southern Miss and I remember just looking around and saying, God, why can't this place be, you know, one, one of the premier G5 programs in the country? Why can't this place be competing for championships? The facilities are here, um, you know, and now getting into it, the infrastructure is there, the support is there, the fans. I mean, you know, these, these people average one, one, one amazing stat I thought was crazy in the interview process. You know, they, they won three games last year and there was 20,000, there was an average of 20,000 fans in the Sun Bowl. And, you know, that that just showed me. That was number two in the Conference USA. And I i can't tell you how many people told me, Coach, you win a couple of games, there's going to be 40,000 people in that place rocking it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, it, it's just one of those places where they love, they love their football. They love this. They, they want to see UTEP be successful. And uh, when I see the infrastructure and the passion, I, I see a place that loves football and that wants to be good. And, and the people are so hungry for it to be great. And I think it's just a sleeping giant that we can wake up and, you know, uh, after viewing it, uh, you know, and I see the investment, you know, I talked about building that brand new locker room, you know, that was something that was already rolling before I I even got there, you know, and now we're, we're really rolling on it. And so like, you know, to see that investment level from the administration and see that, you know, we want this, we don't, we don't want to just have a football program. We want to win championships. We want to be, um, you know, a, a program that's the, that's the standard for G5 in Texas. You know, when I saw that type of competitive approach, 
you know, I just think all of, you know, everything that we do aligns, you know, from what we do philosophically. And so I feel like, you know, we can get in there and, and you know, we can, uh, you know, awaken the beast, so to speak, and, uh, and make some noise out there in El Paso. Scotty Walden, head coach of the Miners, with us here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. And, Scotty, you've had several stops climbing this ladder and done a great job at every stop you've been at. But do you look back at one of the stops that you've been at, either an offensive coordinator or a head coach, that you say, that really propelled me to where I am today? Yeah, I've been really fortunate, Ward, to, to, to be in a lot of great uh, – uh, great positions early in my career, and d- definitely the one for me is Sol Ross State University. Um, you know, I, I graduated from there, played quarterback there, and uh, you know, Alpine's only about two, two, two hours, two and a half hours from El Paso, and so it's it's kind of crazy. Like it's almost like coming back home in a, in a sense. Um, you know, to West Texas, and uh, I absolutely loved my time in Sol Ross. And and the biggest thing for me was getting thrown in the fire um, at the age of 22, being an offensive coordinator. I, I don't think there's anything that could have gotten me more ready um, to be where I am today than that. Because, you know, it's one thing to talk about it. And, you know, I could have, you know, maybe gone to GA somewhere and learned from a great coach, which would have been great, just as helpful, been great. But, like, there's nothing, in my opinion, that replaces hands-on experience. And, and when you're calling the plays and you're making the decisions, um, man, it's, it, it, it is, you know, that, that experience you can never, ever – um, gain anywhere else and so you know Wayne Schrader the head coach that was at Sol Ross I'm, I'm super thankful for him uh, because he entrusted a 22 year old to call plays for him and uh, you know and I, I'm a head coach now and I'm like man I don't know if I could I could make that same decision <laughs> you know like I'm like man this guy was crazy man what was he thinking you know and uh, but he uh, you know the best thing about it Ward is he let me go you know he he, he hired me and he, he he trusted me and said it's yours man go ahead he never get he never question a play call never on third down hey do this I mean he let me roll and and I just think having that freedom and that experience to go through natural trial and error mm-hmm. of what I like what I didn't like what works what doesn't work how you need to do this that I, I think that year it probably was like four or five years packed into one is what I felt like when I when I got out of there because my next job I felt so much more I was still learning but I felt so much more prepared um, but I would definitely say the the, the opportunity to Ross State man really really helped propel me uh to, to to where our offense is today to where our our, our culture is today um it, it molded me as a coach and who i am and it just showed that like you know Sol ross is very you know you you asked the question just now you know why utep well we were at a place at Sol ross that never had success and i know it's at the division three level but still you know hadn't had success hadn't had anything to believe in and we gave them something to believe in and and it and it really just showed me just like it's gonna you know show itself at utep like it showed at austin p that you know, hey, you know, you can take over a program that maybe hasn't done well in the past, but, man, if you give kids, you give people something to believe in because you naturally and, and genuinely believe in it and you believe in what you're doing, you're passionate about what you're doing, whether you're on the out formation or the wishbone or the spread, it doesn't matter. As long as you believe in your vision, you know, then get, you're going to give something for people to believe in, and, and that's what we did at Saul Ross and all of a sudden, we you know we had one of the most historic years in that school's history, and and, and we just had a historic run at Austin P, and and I believe we're going to have a, a historic run at UTEP, you know, and in due time. And so it's just uh, you know you, you got to give something uh, for people to believe in because you believe in it yourself. Well, coach, I, I could tell from from your record and all your stops, and just talking to you here, I, I have a feeling you can recruit. And I know you talked earlier <laughs> earlier here about uh, you know getting and hitting the ground running with recruiting here at UTEP. In a, 
honestly, it's not the easiest place to recruit here in Texas. So is there any strategy that you've had in terms of trying to do something different than coaches in the past have done there at UTEP? I know Sol Ross is similar geographically in, in terms of recruiting base. So is there something you're trying to do different than maybe some of your predecessors there with the minors? Yeah, so I'm, you know, I, I'm a little, I, I know a little bit of, you know, what was done in the past, but not like all the details in terms of what other staffs have done. So I'm not really sure how it compares, but I just know our philosophy and our vision. And, you know, the biggest thing for me is we just got to get people to the Sun Bowl and get people to El Paso because I can't, we've, you know, we signed 23 kids in two weeks. Um, and, and, you know, nine of those kids were, uh, you know, and those weren't just all, all like transfers from Austin P. You know, we had, I think, nine of those kids join us from Austin P. out of the portal, um, you know, once they got in, uh, you know, they're, they're at UTEP. But, like, in two weeks we signed 23 kids um, in that span. And, you know, every single one of them that came on the visit were just like, I, we, uh, Coach, we didn't know it was like this. Like, we didn't, I had no clue. I thought this was just a desert out here with some with, – like, I had one kid tell me uh, – I thought we were just going to like come out here and, and see a bunch of horses and cowboys riding around. And, then, and then I was like, what? I was like, what? <laughs> I, was like, I was laughing. We, we were eating dinner one night. He told me that I was laughing so hard. I was like, no, man, it's a legit city, man. There's like three malls there. I mean, there's, this is sad, I know. This, but they, well, here, here's the stat that's bad, I know, but, but it just shows how, how, much I lo- how much I love it. But, man, there's 23 Waterburgers in El Paso. There you go. There we go. There's a lot right there, man. 23, you know? So, like. It's one of those deals, man, where once you get them to El Paso and they experience the culture and the people and then see the Sun Bowl, see the facilities, because I think people really don't understand. Like, even growing up, man, I just, you know, you, you got you to gotta get your brand out there and you got you to gotta show people what you're working with. And, like, we have so much. I, I was walking around on my first day looking at the facilities, and I'm like, why, why have I never seen this on social media? Why has no one ever put this on? Why has no one ever taken a picture of this? What, you know, like, I'm just like. There's so many things to, to, to look at. There's so many things to show recruits. We have to do a good job of that. And that's why, like, you know, people talk about us on social media all the time as a staff. Well, it's because, like, it's, it's, it's free branding. we got to get the UTEP Minor logo and the brand out there to show the people of Texas, hey, this is a legit place out here, man. You need to come take a look at it. And we have the resources to get kids here. We have the resources, you know, to, to, to have great official visits and, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna maximize all of that. But like at the end of the day, we have got to hustle. You know, that's what I love about this job and and all the jobs I've been at. There, I've never been at a job where it's just like they come to you. You know, like you know Alabama, Auburn type stuff. You know, th- these are jobs where you got to hustle. You got to get boots on the ground and you got to go tell your story, convey your story, and you got to tell them why they should be a minor and why you know this place is special and why you know we're gonna go where where, where we're gonna go with it and. You have to be able to convey that, and so we just got to get you know continue boots on the ground and get kids here. And once they see it, and they they're like, coach, this is unreal. Like I didn't know it was like this, man. Like you know, so it, that's the biggest thing. And um, obviously, recruiting the state of Texas is going to be the first priority. Right now, in the mid year, you know, we really had to hit the portal, um, and we had to you know you know so we had some kids committed from our previous class um, at Austin P that you know we feel like are really good G five players, you know that uh, that, that came along with us, but. You know, now we we got another mid-year visit coming up, and then um, you know we're going to have a you know be much more heavy high school-wise um, in terms of the February signing period. Um, you know, in in terms of building our roster, but we're going to build it at the end of the day with Texas high school football players. Whether that's you know kids in the portal that are you know somewhere and they're for Texas kids trying to come back home, or that's Texas high school football players. You know, I, you know we're, we're going to recruit both, uh, but we want to we want to win with kids from the Lone Star State.
head coach of the UTEP Miner, Scotty Walden, with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And, Coach, where are you at on your staff? Have you just about filled that out? Yeah, yeah, I just, I just about filled it out. Um, we've got some off-the-field staff members. I'm, I'm still uh, still got to clean up and finish finish up hiring. But, um, you know, our, our full-time staff, uh, you know, I, I brought my staff with me from Austin P. You know, just uh, – you know, we had a lot of Texas guys on staff at at at, uh, at Austin P, and so it was really easy, um, you know, for those guys to, to plug and come along. And they're great men and great people, great teachers, and and, and great recruiters. And you know, they did an outstanding job um, at Austin P. You know, Austin P is a phenomenal place that, you know, is just uh, you know, I, I feel like there's so so much potential. Um, at Austin P, we and I feel like we maximized that potential with the resources we had, with everything, and you know, it's a school that, in like a hundred years playing football, has won four conference championships only, and, and and our staff, you know, was was able to win two of them. So I feel like our staff did such a great job. You know, those guys deserve um, everything they got coming their way, and um, so I was able to bring those guys with me. Um, but there is a couple of off the field um, uh, positions that uh, that we're still looking to hire and. Uh, and finish up on but in terms of uh, our our uh, on the field staff uh, we, we've uh, completed that staff and coach I know you're a history guy and I know it's a different sport but I gotta ask you this have you watched the movie Glory Road yet oh come on now brother yes <laughs> absolutely hey so this is crazy man this is like surreal uh, you know the first night I'm there I did the press conference you talked about the volleyball game I think earlier at the at, uh, you know Memorial Gym and, and I uh, I walked in, man, and, and there's a volleyball game, man, and and, and it's 3,600, 3,700. It was a sellout crowd. They were playing in in, in a tournament, uh, postseason tournament, and and you know it's just I mean there's nowhere to sit, and I'm just like, dude, if we number one, if we just ha- you know halfway get rolling in football, man, they're they're gonna pack the Sun Bowl out. It's unbelievable. Like I was saying, the support. But then somebody told me like, hey, you know, this is the gym that that team played in, you know, like this is the gym. And I'm like, so I had like a surreal moment in the gym and I'm, I'm sitting there. I remember like telling my wife about it. She's like, yeah, okay. Okay. He's like, all right. Yeah. I'm like, no, you are staying like, this is like <laughs> the gym. Like this is, this is it, this you know? Is it. Uh, oh yeah. It was, it was, it was awesome. Somebody, somebody, uh, somebody, uh, it was a big best compliment ever. Somebody said, uh, oh, he, he already reminds me of, of the bear, of Don Haskins. He reminds me. <laughs> Whoa. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, don't start that, man. I don't, don't, don't put me in that category, brother. Uh-uh. No, I don't know. We got a long way to go before we get in that category. But yes, I've seen the movie and and it, it, it's it's an amazing historic uh, historic deal. I went out there and visited just in March, and I was like a little kid seeing all the the you know the banner and the retired numbers and the the trophy out there. So it's pretty cool. Uh, but looking There's at the no schedule doubt. next year, uh, you open up in Lincoln against Matt Rules Nebraska, and then later on in the season you go out to Rocky Top and and face on the face off against the Tennessee Vols. I know that's not something that you guys had that was obviously already set up, but you know, with mm-hmm. with the kind of challenge that you're talking about at UTEP and and getting the places where you want this program to get, how important is that for your players to experience big atmospheres like that twice here in your first season? Yeah, crit- critical, man, and and we're, uh, we're you know, it's it's uh you know one of those deals where you know when you when you have two opportunities like that to get on national television. And play against some of the best programs in the country, best coaches, best players in the country. You know, you want to put your product on display. And I've never viewed those games. You know, even at Austin P. Man, I'm so proud of. Again, we didn't win one of those games, but I'm just so proud of the way our teams always competed in those games. And I think that that always starts with your leaders and your coaches. You know, the way you approach those games. And you know, I always say this about games like that. You know, I know 
you know, ADs, administrators, you know, stuff like that. They, you know, schedule those games, and and obviously, you know, there's money involved and all that jazz, and that's cool. But you know, I've I've never prepared a game, you know, in my career to to lose, and I don't plan on doing it anytime soon. So we we prepare to win those games, and and we go and we plan on going and competing in those games, and that's something that uh, I think is really really fun for our players. It's a always a great atmosphere wherever you're going. Obviously. Neyland Stadium is second to none when it comes to that. We just experienced that this year at Austin P. I've never been calling plays next to my guy and you know, and, 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 and had a coach just sitting there. I'm we're literally face to face and he can't hear me. I've never experienced that. It's an un- unbelievable atmosphere in Neyland. Um and I'm sure in Lincoln it's gonna be the same way. But um yeah, it's 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 huge to get our product out there and, and to go compete and you know, shoot man, uh, you know, crazier things have happened in, in, in games like that, but we're just trying to you know, be want to know every single day and try to build our program the right way. But those are big tests for our program to see where we're at and to to go compete with the best. So those are those are great opportunities. Coach Walden, when you talk about spring ball coming up and it's going to hit rapidly, what is the one yeah. thing that you've got to accomplish in spring practice this season? The, the number one thing for us, we have to establish an identity. You know, uh, that that is, I think that's one thing um, that we've always emphasized in our programs is. You know, you you can you can run any play in the book. You can. There's a lot of things you can do, but who are you, and and why are you that way? And I think that's the biggest message I want to convey to our team, is our identity, not only schematically but culturally, right? And so we actually install our culture just like we install plays. And so like there'll, there'll be days where you know we're instead of installing X's and O's, we're installing, okay, what what these words on the wall mean? You know, in, installing. You know what? Uh, you know what? What when the West means? What chase a lion is? What code blue is? Our core values? You know all those items, so that like you know we 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 know what we stand for, and therefore, whenever we're going through the adversity, we're going through things. We have our values, we have our mission, we have everything that we're falling back to, and we understand when adversity strikes. This is the way we operate because this is who we are. You know we're not operating out of randomness. We're operating out of intentionality because we've installed it that way. And so we have to have an identity, not only cult, that starts culturally first, and then you have to go down to your, your offense and your defense uh, and, and defense, which is what we, we, we call that special teams for us. And, um, you know, for, for offense and defense, you know, we, we have to, you know, not only install the plays that we're running and, and get all that stuff in, we have to make sure our guys understand why we believe that this is the way we win games, why we believe uh, in this system and why – uh, it's going to work, you know, and, and just making sure that we have an identity. And then it's up to us as coaches to identify, okay, where players fit in that system. You know, I think that's one of the biggest keys is not only like, hey, guys, I think a lot of guys go into it like, all right, they got to learn this, they got to learn that. Well, we have to learn our players too. We have to learn, you know, where to position them effectively to where they can execute our systems. And therefore, we're coming into summer and fall camp where we know we got guys in the right positions to make those plays. So the biggest thing for us in spring ball, man, in the off season ward is, is identity. You know, who we are, this is who we're going to be. This is what we're going to stand for. And this is how we're going to operate. And, the, and not only just, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. You know, obviously young men today's age, like they need to know why we're doing it and why we believe in it. Um, and so that, that's the biggest thing for me establishing is an identity. And coach, uh, kind of real quick here. Uh, I already love El Paso, but you have sold me on the trajectory of this program. 
I just wanted to let you know, Ward and I can always do the show remote. If you need a couple analysts out there in the Sun Bowl, I think we are, I speak for both of us, we are available if need be. <laughs> well, that's, that's good to know. So I see why the question earlier, if I've hired my staff yet, I see, okay, I got it. <laughs> that's why we did it. We're just buttering you up for that. Well, hey, here's the deal. We we, we always need, uh, I, I need some guys to roll me to these different uh, Mexican food restaurants and try try the different uh, food. It's unbelievable. We can do that. It's we unreal. So, yeah, you two guys come up, load up with me, man. We'll go taste test all of them in El Paso. Head coach Scotty Walden of the UTEP Miners with us here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Scotty, I certainly do appreciate the time. As always, good to catch up with you. Best of luck this season. I hope to talk to you through the spring practice. Absolutely, guys. Hey, it was an honor to be on. Happy New Year to you guys. Ward, awesome to hear from you, brother. Thanks for what you do. And, uh, man, come out to El Paso, guys, and, and thanks for having us on. Picks up. There he goes, Scotty Walden, UTEP Miners. That that kind of fires you up a little Fire bit. Fire you up, right? That was the exact terminology <laughs> I was going to use. Man, it, it, it's not an easy job. It's really not. In fact, I'd say it's one of the toughest in the FBS. But this is the this is exactly what you need. You know that he's young, he is hungry, he has won wherever he's been. I think he's got the right attitude for this. I, I think they may I have do. hit on something. I, I really do. And this is a program that hasn't won a bowl game in over 50 years. Mm-hmm. Like they need, they need an injection. I know one of the guys who was on the short list was Jeff Grimes, mm-hmm. who I like Jeff Grimes. He's an alum of UTEP, but that would have been the different kind. You know, a, a well-seasoned coach for sure. Um, but here you have a guy who is young. He has been a head coach before. He has succeeded and has turned around and has succeeded at a lowly program. Been. Yeah, about, Everywhere at, he's been. And I look at Austin P. I mean – that's not anything to write home about historically as a football program, back-to-back conference championships there. Yeah. That's the guy you need to bring in. There's, there's just something different about guys who have, who have done that and turned around the program. So I'm excited to see it because he's right. I mean, that city is, is a buzz for sports. They just, they need, they need a winner to get behind. And and I really hope that's the case for them soon. Should be fun to keep an eye on the minors as uh, they get ready. And you mentioned the schedule coming up for them. I, Look, getting the opportunity to play in those stadiums does nothing but help his program continue to go in the direction that he wants it to go because without those opportunities to be able to have your players experience that type of thing and then also recruiting-wise, hey, we're going to go to Nebraska, we're going to go to Tennessee, and we're going to give you a chance to win at Nebraska – to win at Tennessee, I mean, that that's not something that every coach out there can say. For sure. And, and, you know, part of it is being on the national TV, too, when they're in those games. But if they hang tough in those games, people notice. Recruits notice. Uh, transfer portal guys notice. Coaches notice. And that could, I mean, it is a win-win situation to go into one of those games. I mean, if it's basketball and it's the College of Biblical Studies, maybe that's a little bit different. Uh, but bringing your team up there to Nebraska and to Tennessee, that is, to me, a win-win for UTEP, even if it's a loss on the schedule. Because, I mean, he mentioned it. We just got to get the brand out there. It's a recruiting tool. And I, I got to believe that's helped a ton with a school like UTSA, which I think uh, Scotty's looking at that and thinking, why can't we be UTSA? Mm-hmm. That's got to be comparable in terms of, uh, recruiting, size, the, the UT system, all of that. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see. That's going to be a tough game one, though. Uh, I know they didn't make a bowl game again, but going up to Lincoln, 
uh, with the expectations that I think Nebraska will have next year. That'll that'll be a lot of fun for those miners. Thanks to Scotty Walden joining us here in the Press Box. We'll take the break and come back, put a bow on this one as the Press Box continues right after this on ESPN Central Texas. Go Cowboys! This is Dallas Cowboys football 2023. Second and five at the Detroit 8. Only heard here. Snap to Prescott standing and looking and throwing right. All season. Brandon Cooks! Touchdown, Cowboys. Sunday afternoon, it's your Cowboys and the Washington Commanders. Live from FedEx Field on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. Cowboys and Commanders, Sunday afternoon at 2 here on ESPN Central Texas. 1424 Bistro, located in downtown Waco, has been serving Central Texas for over 20 years. 1424 Bistro, the restaurant that helped create the fine dining experience Waco is best known for. 1424 Bistro provides a unique and fine dining experience so many Wacoans have known and loved for many, many years. 1424 Bistro is dedicated to providing exquisite dishes that are fresh, hearty, and simply unforgettable. Waco's home for good food, wine, and conversation. From fresh seafood, steaks, lamb, to chicken piccata, and of course, let's not forget about some of their incredible appetizers like flaming cheese and calamari, and finish off with their white chocolate bread pudding or creme brulee. Come enjoy dinner at 1424 Bistro in downtown Waco on 1424 Washington Avenue. Come enjoy tonight. Since 2006, Scott's Lease Trailers has leased commercial belly dump trailers and commercial flatbed trailers to customers throughout Central Texas. The leases at Scott's Lease Trailers are available long-term or short-term. They have several trailers to choose from, and all their trailers are guaranteed to pass Texas Department of Transportation inspection at pickup. Family-owned and operated and located in Cossie, Scott's Lease Trailers. They will answer your phone call no matter the day or time. Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. The importance of a good set of tires on your vehicle is key for safe and efficient travel. Texas weather can drastically affect the condition of your tires. Make sure your family is safe no matter what the conditions bring. At Gish's Complete Car Care Center, they carry and service all major tire brands, Yokohama, Michelin, Goodrich, and more. Let their team of seasoned professional service technicians service your vehicle today. Also, take advantage of their easy and efficient drive-up canopy and complimentary shuttle service to get you where you need to go until they get you rolling great again. Kish's Complete Car Care Service, where keeping you safe is their business. Kish's Complete Car Care Center, located at 5300 Franklin Avenue in Waco and CompleteCarCareCenter.com. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. 
Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. To ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Welcome back to the Press Box, presented by Scotch Leafs Trailers and Pickup Outfitters here on this wacky Wednesday. Thanks to R.J. Ochoa and Scotty Walden, head coach of the UTEP Miners, joining us here in the Press Box on this Wednesday. Some opt-outs already happening in the NFL, and the Chiefs have already said they plan on resting one Pat Mahomes and start playing Gabbert versus the Chargers. I don't have any problem with it one way or the other. The only thing for me is I don't want to break rhythm. And I just think that sometimes when teams rest their starters, I don't care what the circumstances are. I get it that it's been a long season, and especially with the expanded schedule, it's been an even longer season. But I think you need to run them out there for at least one series and kind of keep that rhythm going. That's yeah. just my opinion. Yeah, and we kind of talked about it yesterday, more so than even just the playing in the game on Sunday, but keeping the reps up in practice, mm-hmm. keeping the game day routine going. What I'm interested to see is the way Baltimore and San Francisco handle it. As those teams who have not only locked up the division, but have locked up the number one seed. And so it would be tempting for them to just say, hey, this is a meaningless game. Let's rest everybody. Let's rest all our starters. But then you've got a bye. So you've got two weeks till that game. So that that those are the ones that intrigue me. Now, I guess that's the benefit of Kansas City is that they don't have the bye this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but we'll see. I, I, and I think there is something to the fact that, you know, I don't know if Mahomes will get too rattled. And he's the best quarterback in the league. But but you're right. I mean, it'll, uh, we'll have to see with those first couple of drives of, of that week one, that divisional round playoff game what that looks like. I know you're burning, though, to find out if LeBron James is going to play tonight. Yeah, that really... That we got the mothership <laughs> on ESPN, and they were, like, having a segment, basically, on whether LeBron is going to play tonight, January the 3rd, in what has to be just a massive game, right, Ward? Oh, uh, it's huge. I mean... It has to be. They just have their pulse on the... They, they just have their finger on the pulse of sports. Yeah. They? Well, it's it has story. to be a big game. You know why? It's on ESPN. On ESPN, of course. Well, Night at 10 Eastern. And, and I made the comment during the break. The the NBA stories. doesn't do a whole lot for me until we get to the playoffs. I'm sorry. It's just, it just doesn't. And I get that. It And in the entire season until you get to the playoffs almost feels, it, especially this year, because I've looked at it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not going to ignore it right. because I like the game of basketball. But it almost seems like every game's an all star game now. Nobody plays defense anymore. It's it's fewer and far between than it used to be, for sure. It, it's almost like the 82-game regular season just become, excuse me, like a scouting report. Yeah. You know, 
you're just finding tendencies of these teams. Because I will say, and, and I know you know this too, the game completely changes when it gets to the playoffs. Absolutely. Things get tighter. Defense is more prevalent. Game gets more physical. And so uh, you hear this a lot more than you used to in these NBA regular season games of, oh, this looks great now, but I don't think that play is going to work in the playoffs. Or, or I don't think this kid's game is going to translate in the playoffs. And so, yeah, it's not what it used to be. I know I'm sitting here wearing my Celtics sweatshirt. I, I follow them a lot more in the regular season because they're very good, but it's just a totally different game once they get to the postseason. I, I think so, too. I, I, just, I, I, I just think it's changed so much. And the and it's tough the only to way you're going to get to the postseason, like, yeah, the only way you're going to get to the postseason is be good in the regular season. I get all that, but it just seems so irrelevant, especially so, right I, now. And I mean, so many teams, and this isn't this is the case more so the NBA with the rather than the MLB or the NFL is going into the NBA season. Sixteen playoff teams, you know who twelve of those teams are going to be. You know, no, you, yeah, you do. And the other four don't matter because right, they're they not going to no do chance. anything. Yeah. So you, are, you already know. And, and that's why it's become more of a scouting report to just see which of these teams might be built for the playoffs when that comes around. Should be interesting. All right. Well, maybe LeBron will play tonight. I know you're on pins and needles. I, well. I am. I, I, we're going to have to get Mosley to get an update for us as that game gets closer <laughs> to tip when his show's on later. Uh, we'll, we'll need updates throughout the day from J-Mo and Mosley on that. Speaking of, J-Mo's coming up next, followed by the Matt Mosley Show right here on ESPN Central Texas. And then tonight we have game number two in the Foster Pavilion. It is the Baylor women taking on the TCU Horn Frogs at the Foster Pavilion pregame right here on ESPN Central Texas starting at 6.30 and tip at 7 o'clock. That's going to do it for us here on this Wednesday. For Cam and Aaron, I'm Ward Whites. Until next time, so long, everybody. Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. To me, it was kind of a rude awakening for the ponies. Paid their way to be with the big boys in a Power 5 conference. I don't think we 